Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hi, and welcome to our show today. You know, you may be surprised at this fact. There are 1.4 million businesses in the U.S. that are run by husband and wife teams, and that's who we have today. My guests are Lee and Julie Davis Colan, um, and these are really great examples of two people who have started a very successful business. They're married. They're still married. Their business started. It's still in business. They co-founded it in 1999. And all the while raising three children, which I think is just amazing. And writing 15 books. I thought I was doing well at eight. You've got 15 books, which we're going to talk about. And today, they consult with America's leading companies to equip and inspire leaders at every level. So welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having us, Valerie. Appreciate it. You know, friends, I uh, am often asked, and I wonder if you are too, what's it like to be in business with your spouse? Um, because then the next statement is, oh my gosh, I couldn't. I'd ki- we'd kill each other, right? <laughs> That's right? I would just love to hear about how you started. Julie, let's start with you. How did you follow that, this path to be entrepreneurs? Tell us about that. Well, I guess as the, in the beginning, the idea was that I would be the entrepreneur girl and Lee would be the corporate guy. And then one day he came home from work and said, I want to start a business. And I was like... Whoa. So it started with a business plan, like every good business does. Um, And he kind of followed that through. We went through iterations and iterations and naming. And then... um, you know, we're ready to launch. I think also you would say you did a lot of coaching and trying to make the business fit with who you are, not just what you want to do. Branding. That's good. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, I was actually going to pursue another business. And we realized one of the fundamental essence of our business is it's very difficult to succeed if you don't focus. Mm. So we were going to have two. We kind of had the aha, like splitting our intellectual and financial capital. That just means we're neither neither of us are going to succeed. So we moved together and, and both uh, launched this business in 1999. And so, Lee, tell us about each of you before that, what you are what you were about, what you studied. You're a PhD. That's always so impressive. Yeah, that, that means piled high and deep, that's all. So, <laughs> uh, so my background's in industrial organizational psychology. Julie's was in kind of preventive medicine and, and organizational health, and she worked. She was the stable one of the family. She worked for the national headquarters of the American Heart Association in, uh, for 14 years here in Dallas, and uh, I was in, with a couple of consulting firms and corporate uh, kind of corporate America roles and as a VP of HR and, and organizational development and then at one point just realized we kind of were ready to kind of step out on our own so mm. um, so we, we went ahead and did that and I, but I always tell people it shouldn't be a backup plan you know oh. going out on your own you really need to be kind of all in kind of failure not an option and a lot, mm. I think a lot of people get seduced with all the flexibility and stuff of having your own business and all that and don't kind of focus on the kind of the sacrifice mm-hmm. and we had plenty of that too so um, we were we were mindful about uh, making sure we knew what we were getting into. You know, last time on the show, I had a couple of people who were in the financial arena, and one of them said, be sure that you don't overextend yourself. So I'll speak for myself. When I started, I 
would have loved to have had a loan, but I just mm-hmm. said, self, no, I don't want to have a loan and have a debt, which kind of forced me to do it right. Yeah. But how do you know how much money you need to start with? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure you do know, but I remember a wise man told me when I f- was first starting, he said, you need to be willing to go without a salary for a year mm. and be willing to second mortgage your house. Now, he wasn't that's suggesting that, uh-huh. but he was saying that that's kind of an indication of the level of passion and commitment you have to have for your business. Wow. But the first suggestion was very practical, saying you need to kind of be willing to go a year without a salary. And, and we always jokingly call our first year a uh, the, our investment year, right? <laughs> I, I call it the year I told a million lies, where people would say, hey, Lee, how's the business going? And we'd say, it's going great, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it was going great. We weren't necessarily getting the financial returns we wanted, but we knew right. we were doing the right things. We were planting the right seeds. Doing the uh, right but, but I do think uh, you do need to kind of have a little bit of a, a nest egg. And, and I know certain people that have started the business and great, great cash flow right off the, right off the bat. Um, we weren't, but I just think based on the business and your plan, you need to make sure you have that kind of a backup. You know, I'm glad you said that. When people come, and they do, people come to those of us who have our own business and and they'll say, well, Valerie, how long did it take you? And I I say three years. Take three years and not feel like you have to make an income. So, well, you what, know, that's I, true. I, I tell people that we had a five-year pro forma, and thanks to Julie for being diligent about forcing us to have a business plan. And I tell people we hit our business plan exactly, except wow. everything was always a year later than we thought oh, it would be. Okay. <laughs> so it but wasn't okay. really exact. But yeah. it's like it just takes more time than you always think, and that's the point. So Isn't you really kind of have to be patient with it. Yeah. Anything takes yeah. more time than we think it that's would right. take. That's right. That's right. Well, here's another statistic. So this is the latest. 20% of small businesses fail in their first year, 20%. 30% fail in the second year, 50% fail after five years, and finally, this is the scary one, Julie, 30% of small business owners fail in their 10th year. Yeah. So um, Doesn't leave too much, too many percentage uh, left to survive, no, does it? <laughs> no, I mean, you said commitment, and, and that's really true. Yeah. So <laughs> as a married couple, how have you made this work, Julie? Um, well, we had to find our dance, I would say. <laughs> Personality-wise, we are very similar, outgoing, but uh, process-wise, we're very different. Okay. I'm like a dreamer, big picture, out of the box, have a vision of something that's not there. And Lee is the best executor in the world, the most efficient human being, and very practically can determine what's needed to make something happen. Mm-hmm. So we had to find the dance there because I would be kind of uh, – I guess a little frustrated when he would say, but to do that, we have to do X, Y, Z, P, D, Q. I was like, I don't even know if I want to do that yet. I'm just throwing out an idea. So we had to find that dance of pushing the boundaries and then being able to execute the boundaries. And the latter is 100% Lee's gift. In any organization, you have to find where people's natural giftedness is, mm-hmm. right? right? And figure out, okay, how do we assign them in roles where they could play in that gifted area? So mm-hmm. just even in a small business with uh, Julie and I, we had to figure out what she's gifted at the at the visioning, and I was gifted at kind of more execution and some strategy stuff. And so just finding, to Julie's point, finding that dance and finding those roles and respecting the roles. Oh, um, respect. And, and, and that, um, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, that that's like an ongoing thing. It's not like, oh, we found it one day, and then we're <laughs> golden after that. No. I mean, it's just always kind of trying Ongoing. to figure that out. So. so what happens, you two, when you step on each other on the dance floor? Those times that, I want to do this. No, I don't think we should do that. Well, maybe we should. No, I don't think. Like any then good, what? Like, like any good husband, I'm going to let Julie address that one first. 
<laughs> I would say think time. Okay. Uh, for, particularly for us, our best thinking comes when we have a thought and then we let it marinate and what I call noodle on it uh-huh. and give it a little bit of time and not make a decision at that moment. And we, I think we found collectively that if it's a very hard decision and it's mm-hmm. not clear to both of us it's the right decision, then oftentimes we're actually even answer, asking the wrong question. So oh. a little bit of space and a little bit of thinking and then coming back together. And I think usually we're always on the same on the same page, but not initially. But we mm-hmm. just have to think, process, noodle, come back together and say, is that even the right question? Are we even in the right ballpark? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if what you would and, say. And like any good husband, I'd say I agree with that 100%. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's true. I think get, sure. getting some time and perspective kind of helps, uh, helps with that. So we've tried to do that. Yeah. Have you had any funny times? Uh, pl- plenty of funny times, probably more challenging times. We always, uh, you know, whether it's in front of a client or you're, particularly when it comes to speaking, that mm-hmm. always kind of lends itself to something a little bit more challenging or, 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 uh, or goofy going on. And so uh, I'm going to let Julie share the one. Yeah, because you <laughs> do speaking oh, no. and training <laughs> and consulting, right? All three yeah. in corporations. Yeah. What do you say, Julie? Well, I would just say, you know, without giving a lot of detail, I had a vision. I'm big envisioning, as I said, and mm-hmm. I envisioned a standing ovation at a big conference in San Antonio. And um, I was doing some simple things like crossing arms. And I didn't I didn't think about that some people might have difficulty doing that because of physical ailments. Oh, oh, and oh, oh. so I did some things that weren't everyone wasn't capable of and it didn't go over that well mm. and so I was at the airport and and Lee was like how did it go I mean it went fine but I really wanted it to go great yeah. and I said I didn't get the standing ovation <laughs> and I continued to tell him the story it's like okay <laughs> come on home we'll start again <laughs> so you know all always was speaking I think whether mm-hmm. you're just having a private moment to yourself that you're you're laughing or you can laugh with each other afterwards yeah. mm-hmm. we have that a lot sometimes it's not evident to the outside world but it's very evident to us yeah yeah so well you know things happen mistakes happen yes and listen i was i said we're not we're not conducting uh you know brain surgery or heart surgery here Mm -hmm. so to keep some perspective is important for us Mm -hmm. and it's also helpful for us to help our clients keep perspective and unless they're in the medical field i mean just to get some perspective around some business their business some levity i think if you're not willing to laugh at yourself a little bit and be lighthearted about it and julie's great about that um, it's hard to kind of be open and, and see yourselves. I mean, if your team's saying something about yourself and you you get all bristled about it, mm-hmm. you know, if we're coaching them and we want them to kind of be lighthearted, listen, that's just something you can improve. No big deal. Make make a joke out of it. It's mm-hmm. fine. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think kind of bringing a, a little bit of lightness to your own work and then helping our clients bring some lightness to their work is is helpful and, and creates a little bit more openness. Sure, openness, authenticity. And you two are both so real. That's what this whole show is about is just be real. One of the best pieces of advice my spouse gave me, Doug, <laughs> uh, was he said in, in terms of speaking, he said, don't give a speech, just communicate. Good. And that yeah. was really a turnaround for mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. it gave me permission to just relax and be me and the more I've done that Mm -hmm. and I don't care if it's training program or speaking or even coaching just relax know that you've got it know that you have the the skills Mm -hmm. know that you've got the background um, and let it be much like this show Mm -hmm. right I I mean this isn't scripted we just talk and 
So I love that. You know, Ju- Julie had an, an insight like that a while back, I forget, from somebody about speaking, but I think it applies to life and consulting in general, uh, is that um, it's not about you, even though you're up there speaking, you're on stage, it's really yes. about the audience. So if you flip your perspective right. about, mm-hmm. don't get all tight about what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. think about what I want them to get from it and how mm-hmm. I'm going to serve them. Uh, it kind of, number one, takes the pressure off you, but kind of, yes. I think that's the right perspective. I and mean, we try to do that even in our business. It's really about, we're in the business of serving serving others so we always try to keep that perspective that's a great one even if you're in front of a boardroom or you're giving a presentation to the team I think that still holds true what I've learned is that and again this was what Doug said to me realize Valerie that people want you to succeed you know your team is not watching you for well what mistake will they make yeah your audience is not they yeah. they're there for you, they're right? For you. Think right. about sure. that. Sure. So those are those are good tips. Um, now I know, and you do too, that change happens. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, when we're in such a um, interesting time in our economy and in our world, and things are changing all the time, all the time. That's no one loves it but a wet baby, mm-hmm. right? No one <laughs> loves change but a wet baby. That's good. But. Um, how have you shifted? Let's say you're going down a path. You've both agreed on it. You've got your focus. You've got your plan. And then you realize that the target audience, your target audience, is making changes. Now we're so global. We're not local at all. Mm-hmm. How do you make those shifts in your plan? Mm-hmm. you got your plan, and uh-oh, well, maybe we better change this. How do you know when to change, and, and have you had any situations like that? Yeah, and we're, uh, we're our, one of our biggest brands is about sticking to it, right? So we're all about That's your perseverance. Book, right? That's right. One of so, your books. So, but there's a distinction there. We, we always want to have encouraged people and ourselves to stick with our goal. But you also want to be fast to quit a strategy that's not helping you. Right. How do you know, so, though, when it isn't right. helping well, you? Well, I mean, I think you have, to be, you, have to be, you have to be able to measure it. I mean, we might yeah. be saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to market this way. We're going to try to get out to these many clients, and we spend money on that. And uh-huh. it doesn't pan out after a while. It's like, well, you know, we're naturally not going to spend more money on that, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important to be honest with yourselves, and that's why it's helpful to have two people at least to say, you know what, that might not be working for us. Mm. And sometimes we can't see it ourselves, so it's helpful mm-hmm. to have somebody else. But if you have some form of measurement, Mm-hmm. To be able to say, we're going to try this. If we get these kind of results in X months, that's great. But in a few months, if it's not happening, you have to be willing to kind of be a little dispassionate about it and say, you know what, that's not working. Let's let's shift it a little bit. Let's go away from it. Let's try something different. And I think that's in life in general, whether it's, a, I don't know, if it's a diet or exercise or True. a business goal. Yeah. Um, so I think to have some metrics and someone to keep you accountable to say, okay, within this period of time, if it's not working based on this, this goal, uh, let, let's move away from that. Uh, so, you know, you're both in corporate America and you're working with leaders in, in uh, all of those areas. We've talked about where have you seen that companies, too, have issues with making changes fast enough? The thing that comes to my mind immediately was Motorola when they didn't mm-hmm. move on uh, on their technology fast enough they came back but yeah. that was yeah i just think you know i think the the, the literature and the current day is litter <laughs> is littered with companies that haven't been able to change fast enough they're mm-hmm. so big we get entrenched and it's not a completely rational process right it's mm-hmm. fairly emotional too you yeah. you've got a lot invested in it you've built years with a brand and a customer mm-hmm. base and all of a sudden it's not working for you mm-hmm. um i think they're just 
tons of examples of companies that don't do that. Uh, we try to help companies get That's over what that, right? Right. And 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 see the see the benefit of it. And and oftentimes, if there's an organizational change, we call it having a burning platform. If there's a burning platform, burning platform. we know it's like okay, we better change. However, right. in many cases, it's not a burning platform. Like we're doing okay, but we might not be doing okay in five years if we stay on this track. So how do we start shifting away from that and start pivoting away? Um, so um, it's uh, it's not easy. It's a human no. process more mm-hmm. than it is just a rational business process. And so there's, it's much more about human change and, and making the changes up here, up here than it is making the change on a strategy or a financial pro forma or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it can even be not making changes with people, and that's the hard one, fast enough. And that's sure. Julie, do you want to say something? I was just going to say, one of the things that I think um, helps us is when we see everyone in our industry getting on a certain bandwagon, and we think, oh, we should be doing that. We're not quick to do it. We look at the data, and we study it, and then determine if that's the correct strategy for us financially, but also for our business and our life and who we are, Mm -hmm. just because it's out there. So we, we study them. We're not a quick adapter to things and having been in business since 1999 we've seen a lot of things that we thought we would embrace come and go because they weren't successful meeting audience needs or financially for other people but they were kind of what everyone was doing so Uh we aren't a quick adopter in that way we study it and you know determine how it fits with our business and wait a little bit before jumping into it. But a, a mentor of mine, a friend of yours too, David Cottrell, always says, the lagging edge prospers. Not the leading <laughs> the edge, but lagging the lagging edge. edge. So prospers. you get to learn from everybody else's mistakes and then you can invest. That's good. So I'm going to go back to being a husband and wife, and I'm learning a lot here, too. See how many commonalities I've got with Doug. So how do you balance? How do you balance? My husband was uh, an executive in IBM, and he never brought work home. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would be with women. uh, This is when I was uh, not working. And uh, they would tell me about what was going on in IBM, and I never knew anything. And I asked him one time. I said, well, I don't know anything that's going on, and this feels really awkward. And he said, honey, if I brought it home, it would eat us both up. (laughs) And then when we started the business... Early on, because I love it so much, you know, I live it, I breathe it, and so forth, and I kept talking about it at home. And one day he said, you know, if you have to bring it home, maybe the job's too big for you. Oh, oh wow, that's I good thought, insight. oh, I'll show him. <laughs> <laughs> but it caused, it caused us to have that balance. Yeah. So how do you all do it? Yeah, I, I think, I think it... Again, it's one of those things. I'm not sure you you find the balance and that it's done. It's yeah, is like there a, balance? It's like a thermostat. You're always, you know, gauging a, l- a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I honestly don't have an answer. In fact, we when we built a new house Good. a while back, we uh, we put an office in the house with a separate entrance, and so that even made the boundaries a little blurrier. Uh-huh. Um, and many times, you know, we'd put the kids to sleep. I'd go back into the office to get working. Uh, but um, I, I think part of the advantage of being out on your own that people want is like that flexibility. Mm -hmm. So with that, you can't expect it to be kind of nine to five and you're done. Mm -hmm. So that also means when kids had activities and stuff, I'd make sure I was at their activities. And then if we had to work later at night, that's fine. I don't know. Julie might be able to yeah, I would that. say also some, we're, we're no, open nesters formula. now as open of one nesters. day, but our kids were very good 
uh, feedback agents for that. So we might be driving oh, the car okay. and we might have an idea and we'd start having this conversation about something new we were doing or something was going on. They'd be like, mom and dad, sorry, but we're not really that interested in that. Oh, And, you know, very honest. And that was there. Now, we don't have that now because mm. they just left. <laughs> but that was very helpful. I mean, kids yeah. are so brutally honest and they would tell you. So that doesn't mean that later we wouldn't go have those chats. We don't we don't have an on off switch. We're kind of I love we, that. We, we don't we have work in play and and weave it in because we might More have fluid. a great idea fluid. when we're just walking in the park and go oh that would be a great book uh-huh. in fact that's the way most of our great models i mean walks that are late at night or chats those are how we do our best thinking yeah. so we don't you're compartmentalized. relax yes you're relaxed yeah. yeah so i always ask the guests to share with us your learnings your lessons learned things that the listeners can say oh i loved those tips from people who have been there done it so share with us um, what those teachable points of view are and what they mean. I'll, I'll let Who Julie wants to start? start? Go ahead. I'll start with a few that I um, I think focus is one, and, and okay. I am not focused by nature. I could have a, a, an idea every second, and a good mentor of mine early on reeled me in and said, you have to learn to focus. That is not my nature, but that is what I know is required. So that is first and foremost. Okay, can learning. I stop on that mm-hmm. one? So you're busy mom, you're do- raising the kids, you're in the business. How do you focus? On the tasks that need to be done. So okay. I compartmentalize. I even set an alarm. So uh-huh. when I'm going to switch tasks, I would, would turn it on. And then I would be in another area. So I kind of compartmentalize and focus that Good. way. But I'm thinking more globally, like in the business. We can't do everything. So strategically, we need to focus. And then when we're in something, be totally in. Um, the next part is, and Lee is the best at this, but I was always told work smarter, not harder. And with your own business, you have to work smart and hard. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, figuring out ways of efficiency mm-hmm. and, you know, in everything that you do so that you're not wasting time on things that don't matter. And I guess the last and probably most important one is continuously learn. A hundred percent, like every day, day. and and it can be from a variety of industries. It doesn't have to be from management, consulting. It can be from art or whatever, Mm because a lot of those things inspire you and bring new ways of looking at things that help us in in what we do. Yeah, those are good. Would you add anything? Uh, Just a couple quick ones. Um, To me, being clear about your personal brand before you start launching a business brand. And what do you mean personal brands? I don't know. I get asked that You can tell us that. Well, you can tell us better than I can, but (laughs) I I would just say that for me, I just looked at, I did an assessment before we started and said, who am I as a person? Yeah. And then how do I overlay that on top of what I do? So if I'm doing who I am every day, mm-hmm. I'm, my, my personal brand is completely aligned with my business brand. That's and important. And so my personal brand was just to kind of serve others. And so I figured if I could just take the, the skills and the background I have to be able to serve others in the context of leadership development, all that, um, I'm, I'm not working. So my work becomes my ministry. So, it's, and so that's kind of, uh, so I think it's really important to understand who you are and your yeah. personal brand, what you're all about, your values, your style, your approach, all that up front uh, before you start launching a business. Uh, and I'll just add one more. It's just that success requires, to me, three levels. Uh, the right mindset, the right skill set, and the right tool set. So your mind, your skills, and your tools. And in today's world, a lot of people focus on the skills and the tools. Right. Oh, here's a new skill. Here's a new tip and tool. That's great. And we yet then we struggle because we can't get there as quickly as we want because we may not have the right mindset. And I would just say if you oh. focus on having the right mindset first, yeah. a success mindset, a, a mindset to serve, whatever you're trying to do, 
Mm-hmm. If you get your mindset right, the, sk- the, the, t- the skills and the tools just come easily and you just create kind of a nice smoothing effect and a more rapid acceleration for your success. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people in today's world, we kind of this microwave world, we want these quick results. So we want, sure. what's the next tool? What's the next skill I need? And without getting the mindset right. So I'd say get your, get your personal brand right, get your mindset right, and then the rest is gravy. I love that. Gee, you've given us some really good tips, tools, conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on Our the show pleasure. today. Thank you, Valerie. And I want everyone to know that if uh, if you are interested in looking at his at their 15 books and learning more about the L Group, that's exactly where to go, www.thelgroup.com. And if you are interested in receiving uh, an article that I wrote called Power Up Your Brand, you just send me an email and just send me one anyway. Let me know how you're liking the show at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, at ValerieAndCompany.com, Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com, or just go to LinkedIn and send me a message there, and I will send you that article too. So in the meantime, I want to invite you back to our next session where we will meet more leaders and talk about wonderful, candid conversations from them. And in the meantime, you stay authentic as you build your executive presence and personal brand. Bye. Bye.